Before there was any such thing as a Republican or a Democrat, we were black. Before there was any such thing as a Mason or an Elk, we were black. Before there was any such thing as a Jew or a Christian, we were black people. In fact, before there was any such place as America, we were black. And after America has long passed from the scene, there will still be black people. She's there. She's there. Hello. Congratulations, Rosanna. Thank you. So listen, you know Jay-Z as the mega musician, businessman, entrepreneur. Did you also know he's a part owner of the New Jersey Nets and looking very spiffy for us this morning on Good Day New York. Thank you for getting dressed up. I bought my good clothes for Good Day. <laughs> well, we're happy that you're here. I know that you have a big announcement. Uh, it's a name change according to the owners. What is that announcement? Well, the ownership, we have decided that the official name for the Nets will uh, be the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, which makes me excited. See, I'm really giddy right now. I Brooklyn know, Nets, yeah. because you grew up in the Marcy Apartments about seven minutes away from here. This is yeah. your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, and I also had a place at 560 State Street, which I could literally walk to from here. Yeah. That is crazy. Do you, my roots is Marcy Project. Do you... Once you divide us, you weaken us. We're stronger together. Once you divide us, you weaken us. We are stronger together. And without further ado, I would like to introduce to you the next president of the United States, Ms. Hillary Clinton. I think we've passed kneeling. I think it's time to go into uh, actionable items. Welcome to Real Black Contents Forum Podcast. This is Big BJ checking in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about Jay-Z. We're going to talk about the powers of distribution, right? Because, um, Whoever controls the channels of distribution is ultimately the one in control, right? They're the boss. They're the owner. They're the jefe. They are the uh, the plantation master. Whoever controls the channels of distribution, right? They're really running the show. Um, we're also going to talk about pimping and horn. Right. We're just going to use that as a conversational piece. And uh, unfortunately, beloved, you know, I come from the area of the United States that, uh, you know, the Midwest, where this is where the pimps and hoes come from. You know, we're not proud of it, but it is what it is. Detroit, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Gary, Indianapolis, Chicago, Milwaukee. This is what goes on in the avenue. Right. If you ever been to New York City, though. You ever been to Jaime Town? You would see, though, beloved, the art of pimping horn that we see in the Midwest. The same thing goes on in business in New York City with our people in small hats. It's like the exact same blueprint, right? So we're going to talk about that. And again, you know, we're going to also salute our brother Kanye West for beating the devil at his own game, right? You know, <laughs> So many small hatches confused while we're praising our brother because, again, he beat them at their own game. You know, our brother Ye was locked into all these 10-year contracts, which I thought was three years, but I found out, no, 
this shit is 10 years with the Gap and 10 years with the Adidas and they're trying to bootleg your shit and steal your designs and all that. And you, um, you know, according to our sister Erica Badu, when they was on Fashion Week overseas, uh, they had an after party, but it was a private after party. And she say there, this is where Ye disclosed he was going to get out them deals. She's like, nah, he put it out there like, nah, I'm finna pull something. But he was kind of let them, hey, don't be alarmed. Y'all finna see some shit for me. And, you know, it's what it is, right? Our people, man, we got to be able to look through the bullshit and we got to be able to support a free thinker. You know what I mean? And you got to know, you can't let nobody think for you. The media is controlled by liberals, man. Liberals get their funding from small hats and it's an agenda. It's a reason why the liberals and small hats work so I know why they work hand in hand. I already know. But we had that conversation, you know, different different conversation, different day, right? But dig this though. Beloved, don't be deceived if you see a black man with a white lives man a shirt on. I can't even see what was the hysteria about. I was talking to a brother online, and beloved, the guy has a new balance shirt on, right? <laughs> New Balance belongs to Jim Davis. He got a New Balance shirt on, and he was talking about, man, yeah, is a coon, man. Yeah, he had on a White Lives Matter shirt on. And I'm like, dog, I can't explain this no further. I'm like, dog, don't you know Nike and Prada and Versace and goddamn New Balance? All this, all this shit is White Lives Matter brands on. What I think our people need to start doing is this. I wish they started making these clothing brands, and they don't put the name on shit no more. They don't put new balance on the front of the shirt they just put a picture of jim davis up there they don't put the word nike on the shirt or nike on those shoes no more they just put a picture of phil knight up there and let us walk around in the neighborhood with a picture of jim davis i mean jim davis is a whole devil and we walk around with a picture of jim davis on our shirt saying look the black guy from south side of chicago he got a white lives matter shirt on <laughs> I <laughs> have people saying white lives don't matter, and we wake up every day and we go to Walmart to go to work. We wake up every day and goddamn, and we go to Wall Street and go to work. And then we wake up and go to you know General Motors and Chrysler and shit like that and go to work. But the white, what you think? Yeah, it's obvious, nigga. White lives matter. You ain't going to no black owned establishment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can't even get you to support the businesses in your neighborhood. I don't know, but maybe y'all let us a different story for a different day, right? Uh, people are talking about the George Floyd comments, right? And you know, two people can be right. Our brother George lost his life, but the highest or the biggest donation that the George Floyd family got, guess who it came from? I'm going to let you guess it because y'all can read it. Whatever these devils tell you on the media, y'all run with this shit. Whatever's trending in the news cycle, we all can talk about it. But some of us got to mix a little history with what's trending. So I'm just asking the audience, beloved, because we all rocking out, you know, this podcast is a family. So I'm like, yo, what do you think? Who was the largest financial supporter, entertainer that gave to the George Floyd family? Like who? Take a guess. All these niggas in New York, the Mysons. The Tamika Mallory's, how much money you think the George Floyd family got from them? <laughs> Those who kick it up the, the biggest dust, the D.O. Hughley's and all this shit. How much you think they gave to George's family? 
don't you think it's weird that Kanye, because now he let it out his mouth. He let it out of what he think happened after watching the Candace documentary, which he's already, he playing close with her already. So it wasn't like he had to wait to the documentary and see. They already been in the background talking, saying, yo, this is how he really died. He had this in the system, blah, blah, blah. Even after all that, it was Jay that gave the family $2 million. And he did it underneath the, the, uh, the headline of college. Now, how many colleges you going to go to with $2 million? Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? That was a smoke screen. That was a cover. He giving the George Floyd family some money just to y'all, y'all eat, y'all come up. And this is what he specifically gave to his daughter. Now, but just think about it, though. Well, she going to go to FAMU and then jump and go to Alabama State and then jump and go to Syracuse and then she going to jump and go to Harvard. Two million dollars. College doesn't cost that much. That was just, huh? Here goes some bread. Do your thing because I got it. But this is the guy that we're. But maybe all that shit is a different story for a different day. Beloved, when it comes to black entertainers, if we're going to talk about who's the biggest snake in my estimate in that game, it have always been Jay-Z. Jay-Z is put in his place. He's put there. He is the bottom bitch for these small hats in New York. The whole tri-state area, he's their bottom bitch. They use him as the bottom bitch to come onto the avenue. And he got the walk, the talk, the look. Like somebody that's crazy successful, crazy getting money. But behind the scenes, they use him to get our youth locked into contracts with their industries that make them richer. Because this is the game that the small hat plays. He uses Dr. Dre on the West Coast. This nigga's a gatekeeper. That's the tool that Jimmy Iovine used. He uses Dr. Dre. And in order for you to pop on the West, you got to somehow, it seems like, go through Dr. Dre somehow, some form. Because he's the gatekeeper over there. That's the one that the small hat put in place. He came to you and I with Aftermath Records. He didn't own this shit. You started to look back in the books. You're like, damn, he only owned. The small hat owned 80% of Aftermath. He just owned that 20%. But he came in front of us like he was the boss. He was the record label owner. He signed Eminem. He did this to his company. And, man, they owned that whole shit all right. He was just the face. That's the West Coast. On the East Coast, you know what I mean? It's Jay-Z. Everybody who rock nation, because this is Jay-Z supposed company. But if you look at all the black and brown talent that go there, somehow end up at a small hat owned establishment. And they are in contract with small hats on the lower level, all the way up to the highest level. This is why he's so cozy with the NBA, which I call the JBA because the small hats own that. He's so cozy with the NFL. The small hats own that. He get his people through the agency, through these folks. We don't own that shit. They own that shit. He putting our people in with the Democrat Party. He's tying them in with these liberals. This is what Jay-Z just had a a summit about some few months back, the Rock Nation Summit, and all he had was liberals there. Liberals, not independents, beloved. Not those from the right to make a balance. A hip-hop artist of that level he can just empower independent political thinkers. He does not. Everybody that was at his summit was from the left. Van Jones and them, Michael Dyson and all these, you know. Then he had a bunch of rappers there, of course. And everybody there that was under, underneath the thumb of the liberal and they was underneath the thumb of the small hat, which is one and the same. That's the two-headed monster for real, for real. Then if you want to go on tour and get some money, he plugs you in with Live Nation. This is not empowerment. 
This is pimping. You can't see this shit. This is pimping, beloved. He's not there to stop any beefs in rap. 25-year career, Jay got. How many rap beefs you see him stop? He can't make the call. Shit going all down south. Jeezy is that Gucci man here. People is dying. Shit's going on. He doesn't make the call. WAC 100, a guy from the WAC, uh, West Coast, he's going at it with an elder in hip-hop. Him and Jay Prince. Nobody makes a call to stop that. Drake could have made a call to stop that. Jay-Z could have made a call to stop that. They don't do that shit. They don't get involved. Jay don't get involved in nothing. He only comes out to us when he do their bidding, their dealing. That's why when you seen the artist Lil Boosie, he's making comments. He's making anti-LGBT comments and anti-transgender comments. All of a sudden, he get a call from Rock Nation. All of a sudden? Damn, nigga, you don't call us for nothing. Now we get a call from you? That's why he was there. He's put there to keep niggas in their place. That's his whole position. To represent the left and to protect the interests of small hats. Beloved, that is not empowerment. That's why the guy never stand next to independent artists. When the last time you seen Jay posted up with an independent artist? He doesn't do it. What he does do is that when many of our people, because of the boom of YouTube, because of you can get your own exposure, executives like Master P actually came out and said, well, you really don't need to be signed to a label these days. You kind of do this shit yourself. You know what I'm saying? The Tony Drapers of the world. Jay Prince will give you a deal, but he even said, well, shit, you kind of can do it yourself these days. Jay doesn't say that. When all these independent artists can make their own money, and they are making their own money, 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old, they make a song, they put it on YouTube, they put it out themselves, and then they walk around, these young brothers, independent, they walk around with money phones on their ear. They don't hear from Jay-Z no other time, but he makes a comment about, oh, man, it ain't real money. We put y'all putting money to y'all ear. I'm talking about he's talking to the babies. The, the babies is making their own. They're independent now. But the small hats ain't getting no piece of it. So you know what he said? He talked down on that shit. Man, it ain't no real money. They ain't no real money. That little money y'all got, they ain't no real money. So how are we going to get real money? With you? Because as soon as we get next to you, all of a sudden, we tied into a small hat company. All of, all of a sudden, we're tied into a small head distribution, and that's the real master. That's the real owner. Whoever controls the channels of distribution is the real master. As long as I'm independent, I'm free. But if I sign a deal with them, I'm no longer free. That's why they put that dude at Dev Jam. All these independent artists at the time that was bubbling in Atlanta on some street level shit, selling their own records. Why did Young Jeezy need Young Jeezy didn't need to be signed to no Def Jam to do what he did? He was already buzzing in the streets. These guys is already big in the streets. So a uh, OG that loved the culture and loved their people, he would have came down and say, Young Blood, I'm gonna show you how to do it the independent way where you can make some real money. He's not doing that. He's taking on people with the greatest talent, singers, football players, ball players, basketball. You know what I mean? I'm talking about the greatest stage performers, and he's tying them in a small head owned companies. You see him at Live Nation. You see him in the NFL. You see him at the NBA. But that not, that's not empowerment. That's why many of these athletes, when they leave these arenas, they're broke. So Kanye said this, beloved, because he's letting us into the window of how his career was. Ye said, and this is the part that everybody really skip over. He's like, yo, bro. I'm sitting in an office one day. This is Ye talking. And he said, 
eight people in the room, all of them with small hats. And they're talking about the torn is going to be the, this. The merch is going to be this. We're going to do this move. You can get this kind of house. And they had all the money playing to the to the beginning, to the end. Oh, when you come off this tour, we got set for you. You're going to have this amount of money. And when he came back, he said, none of that shit that was supposed to be there, it wasn't there. But everybody that was in that room got paid off him. And they did not look like him. That's why Jay-Z is so important to them. Beloved, let me just, let's have a conversation. We're going to talk, right? Let's talk about black empowerment, right? Because our youth now is running to Rock Nation if they're athletes, if they're singers, right? If they're good stage performers, football, basketball, whatever. They're running to Rock Nation sports, right? Okay, now, let's ask you, we're just talking, we're having a real conversation. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Because we're going to talk about empowerment. And I'm going to show you what empowerment looked like, right? How many players that signed to his agency, Rock Nation Sports, is going to play for black-owned sports leagues? How many you think? We're talking about Jay now, right? Okay. Because, see, black folks own sports leagues in the wilderness of North America. But you know why many of us don't know? Because those that are famous from amongst us is not next to the black-owned sports leagues. So we got a brother, beloved. His name is Paul Parker Jr. He is an owner of the North American Basketball League. So I just want you, we walking together, we talking. A black man owns a black basketball league in the United States. Did you know that? All right, let's talk about empowerment. How many people that come out of the draft is signed in with Rock Nation Sports? Just, I wonder. And how many of those from the, because everybody that come out these drafts, football and basketball, but we're going to talk about basketball for a minute. Everybody that come out the basketball draft, they don't go to the NBA, not all of them. So how about you take those that you could get in the small hat league and you get them some checks because it's your job to make sure they're employed. We ain't saying, we know, but we just keeping it real. But the ones that did not make it to the NBA, which I call the JBA, you took them and you did a deal with Paul Parker and got them on their league because they still we still know these guys from college. They're still famous. And then you stood next to them and you maybe did a show or you sent a artist that's maybe not at the top, but you send the artist that's B-list or C-list that's signed to Rock Nation. And then you allow them to perform. Hey, man, y'all go down there and do a show for our brother Paul. So he can get some exposure because this is empowerment. If this is if this league of the NBA is worth the billions, we can at least get our own league close because that's empowerment. He's not going to do that. Big Visa ain't the smartest guy in the rope. You don't, you don't think people around him. You don't think he knows there's other sports leagues around here. He can't stand next to independent people. They pay him to be the bottom bitch. His job is to make sure that the talent that look like us, the black and brown talent, go through him and they go to them. And our talent makes them rich, right? But see, that's the game of pimping and horn. See, New York City have always been good at that. Black people in the front, they're the talent, small head in the back. That's why I ain't, I ain't never fuck with no Harlem Globetrotters. The Harlem Globetrotters, nah, man, said on that shit. A small head on that. He kept our people in the front, dribbling the ball, curling them, round the back passes, all this old funny shit. Goddamn. 
uh, 10 second layups. It take him forever to throw the layup up and all this over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All that shit. And many of them, they died broke. But the guy that owned it, the small, he died rich. See, they call that business in New York City. We call that pimping and horn in the Midwest, where the person that's out front doing all the work, all the labor to build up this thing, they die broke, but you die rich. That's pimping and horn. That's that's what we we don't have another title for that in the Midwest. That's what we call that. Oh, you know, V, that's just, you know, the Harlem Globe trying this, man. That shit was damn near a hundred years ago, man. You know how people smart now. We got the internet, we got access to this, and we got access to that, do we? Hey, yo, beloved, there were some brothers, man, that play at a park called the Ruckus, right? And um in New York City. And they running around there talking shit, laughing, joking, you know what I'm saying? And they got a good turnout. It's a good crowd. And um, a business opportunity came out of that, right? That business opportunity was called N1. And then N1 got some financing and they put some mixtapes behind it. If you can recall, right, because you got to be a man and woman of a certain age. They even had a video game. Somebody went in behind the closed door and did a deal and got a video game for that shit, right? And then they made these players household names, uh, Skip to my Lou and hot sauce and all this old kind of shit. And this was the thing back in the neighborhood, right? They took this shit all around the country. Our people in the front. <laughs> Take a guess of the people that was in the back that owned it. Now, life goes on, right? Because this is many moons ago. Who's walking away rich? Who's walking away broke? See, they call this business in New York City, beloved. This is Jaime Town. But we call this kind of shit pimping and hoeing. That's the Midwest saying, oh, somebody is pimping and somebody, you did all the work you out in the front. So what we need our people to do is be empowered. But if we look it up to the guy, Jay-Z, he's just the biggest slave catcher in the tri-state area, right? Because that's all he he just taking out people, tying them up and take them to the plantation because the, whoever owns the channels of distribution, they control. This is, that's, I mean, I don't know what to call that. He's putting you on a bigger plantation. All the money and millions of dollars our people quote unquote get when they go to these small hat owned leagues, they still die broke. Man, there's brothers with $120 million contracts and $100 million contracts and they still broke because the guy that signed your check, he's a small hat. But the guy that's your financial advisor, he's a small hat too. The guy that's your lawyer, he's a small hat too. That's why Ye, I'm going back to the Ye example. He's in a room with eight people. He wasn't in a room with these eight people when he was in the south side of Chicago. He's in a room with eight people and all eight people is eating off him. Because this is what happens. Then normally you die broke. You know what I'm saying? And then they die rich because, beloved, if they don't take, listen, uh, my next conversation, right, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to go down the line and I'm going to show you how many black entertainers that had real wealth all of a sudden had tax problems. <laughs> all of a sudden had tax problems and owed the tax people millions of dollars. But who was their CPA in the back? Junebug ain't they CPA. Junebug ain't doing their taxes. They're not going to Lee Lee's taxes no more. They're not going to a Watkins tax service. 
They're not going to the Jackson Brothers Tax Service no more. They don't have these folks as CPAs around them. We, we're not their accountants. We don't even know who. Well, we do know who the accountants is, but still, I mean, I'm just saying. But everybody that, so that's going to be in the next conversation, beloved. But it's just a, it's a cycle to keep you broke. We have a sister named Evelyn Magley. She's married to the Magley, the brother that, well, not the brother, the devil that played basketball. She was, she's his wife, right? Evelyn Magley. Do y'all know, beloved, that it's a black woman, a black woman in the wilderness of North America. She owns her own professional sports league. The TBL, the basketball league, Evelyn owns that. She's the boss. She's a black woman. Where's Rock Nation Sports at? How come we don't see none of Rock Nation Sports athletes on her court? How come we don't even know that a black woman own a basketball league, not a team, a league in the wilderness of North America? How come we don't know that? How come we don't know that? How come we don't see their distribution on YouTube? Because the ESPN damn sure ain't gonna put it on. Fox, uh, Fox Sports damn sure ain't gonna put it on. But if we got celebrities, if we can get our celebrities to stop being slave catchers and empower our people, we won't need them folks so much. You know what I'm saying? We got, you know, a lot of our um a lot of our black single mothers with their talented child got to start taking one of their nephews and nieces and making them the agents for their sons, the agents for their nephews, for their grandsons, to make sure they got some money. Because it's clear these small hats is not going to do it. The IPFL, right? I don't know if you guys ever heard of this. The IPFL, which means Indoor Professional Football League, is a 100% black-owned professional football league. 100%. Black folks own that outright. Football league in the wilderness of North America. Where's Rock Nation Sports at? Where's he at? He does not show up unless the Clintons call him. He does not show up unless Roger Goodell call him. He's on Adam Sandler's speed dial. We got to see, brother, when we see, yo, you got to know a turncoat when you see one. You got to know a bottom bitch when you see one. That's the bottom bitch. Everything and every business that Jay-Z is tied into. Look, I'm going to tell you some real shit. We talking about straight up black man, some information. If we see Ye fall, all they did was they pull because when you do these partnership deals, they position themselves as the distribution in your deal. When you come on Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast, we always say, beloved, that, uh, well, eventually they're going to take Ice Cube's, um, you know, they're going to take his league, right? Because they control his league. I don't care how much legwork he's doing. If you sign in with a company and they're not a, they're not a black distribution, like you do the deal with Fox or something like that to distribute your basketball games, that shit not going to go far because they could determine whether you win or, or lose because, they always put themselves over the channels of distribution. Now, check this out. Now, let's go back to this. Ye is losing deals because he's just taking the blueprint that Jay showed him. This is the blueprint that New York City guys use. 
they they do like partnership and joint venture deals, but they partnering up with these small hats. It's not to empower your company. It's not to empower your vision or your dream. It's to control your vision, your dream, and your company because they're your partner. You know what I mean? Now, um, it'd be easier for Ice Cube instead of doing a deal with like Fox Sports. He could have did a deal with his own TV station because you're right. You're you know you have the right as a person, as a human being, as an American citizen, to own a channel. Because just owning your own channel is is a deal that you do through the federal government. There's no small hats involved in that. They can't stop you from getting your own channel. You know, they may try to put some stumbling box from putting it on a network, like uh, getting a deal with Comcast or Xfinity. But there's a lot of small, like a media com and shit like that. There's a lot of small independent cable um, companies that you could have put your channel on. And then you could have made your money just selling your own sponsors and things of this nature. But you're just doing a deal where they control these small hats, the channels of distribution, then you. They really own the company. You don't. Now, guys like Jay, they know this because that's what that's what Universal Records is. I don't care what boutique label that you are signed to. They figure out a way you're going to fall underneath the Universal umbrella. You're going to fall underneath Doug Morris. That's it. Everybody works for him. I don't care what boutique label that you're from. And they can push the buttons on how well your project do. Or if it does not do the baby just proved that. The kid from South Carolina. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. All these young guys' name is Baby. Um, the Baby, the guy that had the pamper on from uh, Charlotte. I can't think. Of, I think his name is The Baby, ain't it? Him. What they do is this, beloved. They play a mind game. Um, when they control the channels of distribution, and we was coming up like my. I'm gonna use an example of myself. Eighties and nineties. It was a thing to be what they call platinum. They don't really talk about that shit no more. This is like old school. You know, this is way back when you had the rotary phones. You know what I'm saying? This is way back where, uh, you know, the youth don't understand it, but they don't know that we had pay phones in the streets. You know what I'm saying? You know, the fancy dope dealers used the pay phones that was on the corner, but there is no pay phones. But maybe this is a different story, you know, for a different day, right? Platinum means that you sold one million units or uh, one million copies of your album, right? Um, the way they do it is that you can own your own record label if you want it. So, so Dev, uh, Rockefeller Records, uh, Bad Boy, uh, No Limit Records, uh, Cash Money Records, um, Rap a Lot Records. You can own your own record company, but the fix that they did was squeezing out people where they became the distributor, right? So how they control the popularity of our people was that they would put out how many copies that they sold. So they'd say, all right, you dropped an album, uh, you know, Junebug Records, and you sold a million units your first album, and then you sold a million units your second album, but you start feeling yourself. And you as an artist at Junebug Records, you start talking shit about the small hats and all this and all that. They can either, on your third record, they can stop distributing your record or what they would normally do is they put out a, a press release and say oh the artist on june but records they just sold a hundred thousand copies this first week and then to the public they say oh man he fell off man he used to be on he used to be hot they but you never really did fall off if you don't control the numbers you don't know what they did our people don't know that you're supposed to send an auditor 
into the record company and see what was produced, what was sold. We don't know that kind of shit. We're trained to look at numbers. So even me, beloved, on Real Black Contents for a podcast, they be like, V, man, we like your podcast, man. Damn, your podcast should be bigger. You know what my answer is? I don't know how big my podcast is, bro. How do I know? I can't just look at the numbers and be like, look, look, because I don't control. <laughs> we don't control the channels of distribution. A person that you may see get a million views at something, how you know they just didn't get 100 views and they just push that shit up on the clock counter? And a person that got 200 views, how you know they ain't get two million views? You don't know. See, we don't. We're not auditing YouTube. We're not auditing Spotify. We're not auditing Google Podcasts. We just we don't do it. So even even it came to our brother Yay. You know, I heard our people say, "Man, I just hate the way black folks is talking about Yay on social media, man. They just down on the brother." And I'm like, "How you know they down on the brother?" Some people that I talk to, I know them directly, and we just have a conversation. It could be bots on these Twitters and these Instagrams and these Facebook talking shit about, yeah, don't you know them folks got bots that do that shit, that run around to sow discord between the brethren? That's why they can't change the energy amongst us. You know what I'm saying? That's why you had to talk to your own brothers. and Man, it's all that shit. You don't know. That shit be robots, man. There don't even be real people behind that. You know what I mean? That's why it's so big a uh, spam and spam this and spam that and Beloved, if they say that these Russians, because that was the word I'm, many of us forgot, but they said that it was the Russians that stole the election. The Russians can vote. You don't think that they can send messaging through these? But maybe that's a different story for a different day. Whoever controls the channels of distribution is the one that's really in control. They can shut our brother Rick Ross down at any moment. Whenever they get ready. They can shut him down because he did a deal with the franchise, beloved. He did a deal with Wingstop. So that means it's their name, it's their menu, and then they control the channels of distribution, where you get your food from. That's why Mr. Muhammad, peace be upon him, he taught our people to control the vertical. He taught our people to control the vertical. That means from the beginning of something to the end, you control the whole line. All right, so let's talk about our brother Rick Ross. We're going to use this as an example. If they control distribution, that means that they can damn near put a restaurant owner out of business when they get ready. Because you got a dickhead president in there, Jim Crow Joe Biden. He doesn't know what he's doing. He gets involved in wars. Uh, in places that's 6,500 miles away. We all know why, but we're not going to talk about that, right? Maybe that's a different story for a different day. But now your fuel prices go up. You know who your fuel prices don't hurt? People that control the vertical. There are so many black-owned restaurant owners that I know it's out of business because they have a restaurant. They do not control the channels of distribution, meaning, meaning they're not tied into a farm. They never have their own farm. So, like, let's say Rick Ross, he's in with Wingstop, right? Okay. When the fuel prices go up, everything gets fun to go up because I can tell you one thing about these trucking companies. They're not going to take that cost. No. The fuel go up. They're not going to absorb that cost. They're going to kick that cost back down to the consumer. They're not going to get stuck with that shit. So, that means that bag of thighs is going to go up. 
that bag of wings is going to go up. That bag of cheese and lettuce and tomatoes, that shit finna go up. Okay, so you own that a franchise. You don't pick your distro. Rick Ross can't say, no, no, I'm not going to use your farm. I'm going to use my own farm and this and that. No, 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 no. They're gonna, you're going to use the one that they hand you. You and they franchise. And when cheese go up, it just went up. You got to pay for it. When the letters go up, it just go up. You got to pay for it. Now, he just so happy can go on stage and rustle up some money. But just think, if he had his own farm with his own restaurant, he won't absorb that cost. That's why a lot of black-owned restaurants is going out of business. Because the distro, where they're getting the food from, they don't own the shit. The truck pull up and they give them a price and that price of cheese change. Ask anybody got a restaurant, what's the highest ingredient that they got to pay for? Cheese. Fuel went up, cheese went up. Fuel went up, beef went up. Fuel went up, bread went up. Man, I can't afford this shit. Because now I got to charge my customers more. This is what the small independent restaurant owners are thinking. Because they do not control the channels of distribution. So now I come in there. Man, I'm used to paying $9.99 for my burger, fry, and my drink. Now I come back in this month. Y'all want $16, $17. Man, I can't pay that shit. I got a family of five at home. I got a family of four at home. I just can't walk in with a meal myself. I got to get all my... And see, this is what's happened to black-owned restaurants. Now they losing their customers. They got to come two or three times a week. He can only afford to go one. Now you're out of business. But... If we did it how Mr. Muhammad did it when he had his salon restaurants and his Shabazz restaurant, all he owned was the restaurant, the 18-wheeler truck, and the farm. So he didn't care how high gas went up. It didn't really matter to him because once you own the cows, you own the cows already. You got the cows. You got the slaughterhouse. You own. Nobody can. Nobody could. See, see, listen, follow me on this, beloved. The Nation of Islam, right, is a religious organization that have always been labeled anti-Semitic. Yet, the small hats can't cut their water off. How come? They own the farm. That's how come. And Mr. Muhammad used to have a blueprint, beloved. And I used to have it, but he started everything off with the farm. How he learned the power of distribution is... We're going to do a little black history. I'm going to tell you a story. Mr. Muhammad did a deal with a gentleman from Peru, a fish deal, right? When he did the fish deal, you get the fish from Peru, they had to ship it to the United States, right? So we're talking about the channels of distribution. All right. He doesn't fully control this channel anymore because he's doing a deal with Peru, but he's selling the fish. So where all the temples are at, normally, Within a certain mile radius, you'll see the stores right around, not too far from where the temples is at. Salon restaurant, Shabazz restaurant, Shabazz manufacturing centers, you know what I'm saying? Shabazz clothing, everything, man. Mr. Muhammad had it all. Okay. But we moving this fish, right? Do your research on this. It wasn't the Newark. I don't think it was Newark. Right, right, right. I think I want to say this happened in L.A. I want to say this happened in California. Let's just say California for good measure, man. This is an old story. I can't really remember how it happened. Right? I'm just telling you how the elders told me. When the, um, when the shipment used to come in, everything that had to come in from this country, international trade, has to go to the state docks, right? This is why many of your uncles and your dads and granddads and some of your sons and brothers, they have to have what they call a twit card or they have to have what they call a state docks pass to get onto the docks. 
Well, when the shipment used to come in, the devil was so envious of Mr. Muhammad, peace be upon him, that they used to try because they can see what's in the container because they got the manifest. They used to try to leave that container with that frozen fish on that dock until it's spoiled. It didn't work, though. It never happened because what do you, you know <laughs> how, the, how the story goes is that when the brothers went up there to get their container, the devil, he wouldn't let them. And then they got it all kind of rigged up on those state docks. Well, you got to be a union worker. You have to have a state pass. It's, it's kind of they got it all fixed up. But they was trying to interfere into a black man's business just because they didn't like him, just because they thought that they can do it. OK. The captain goes there to get the fish with the container in it. They give him pushback. So he goes to the payphone. He calls the brothers, right? In less than a few hours, there was 200. <laughs> there was 200 brothers at that state docks, right? And needless to say that our brothers got the fish that they supposed to get. <laughs> Yes, indeed. You know, that's something that they need to make a movie out, man. You know, the devil, you know, he a couple brothers go down there. He has he was big and bad and this and that. But that pay phone, beloved, it changed everything. <laughs> I forgot the captain, man. That was uh, that was over the temple that did that. man. But that was a beautiful story. Right. But we're talking about distribution. Right. Our brother. That's in any type of industry or system. It's all about distribution. And that's what Mr. Muhammad was teaching us. You got to own that farmland because, again, that whole entire religious organization, the nation itself, it's always been called anti-Semitic. But they don't. It doesn't bother them because if you want to be self-sufficient, it doesn't bother you. So if you're the OG in the game. And you know, you know, this is what's going on and how this industry works. And that's the beauty of this Kanye thing. Beloved, so many of our people is quiet and they support him. But you know what they're doing behind closed doors? They're getting their affairs in order now. They start, they're looking at their agents. They start looking at their lawyers. And they're like, all right, I'm at this deal then. And this date, I won't do, I'm not going to re-up with these guys. I got a partnership with this brand and that brand. And this small hat is in this, in this line. I got to get rid of them. I got to get them out of my business because I can see what they can do to me because all they're doing is they're joining in with, see, Nick Cannon showed us that. Now we see it at a bigger level with yay, your partnerships. If you're independent, what can they do? Beloved, don't think for one minute they paid LeBron James a billion dollars at Nike just because he's going to no, no, no. They paid LeBron because his name is so big and so powerful they paid him not to be their competition. You don't think LeBron could have got at that, that second deal when he finished it? You don't think he could have went to Cleveland and bought one of these old buildings, one of these old factories that the Midwest got fucked up because Slick Willie, right? Bill Clinton did a NAFTA deal and it fucked everybody in the Midwest. All the factories went to Mexico and those that didn't go to Mexico, they went to Canada. So we had a, a lot of abandoned builders, a lot of abandoned factories, and they don't want nothing for these factories. A hundred grand, you can come to the Midwest and get a factory. 
100 grand, 200 grand. You don't think LeBron could have put 200 grand down, right? And got his own factory and made his own shoe, employed his people, made his own shoe and used his connections to put his shoes at the independent shoe stops or foot action or champs. Or you don't think he could have did that? Of course he could. That's why they gave him the billion dollars to keep him from being in competition. But if you, my OG, it's not for you to teach me how you did it. It's for you to learn the game and say, young blood, don't do it like me. I'm going to show you how to do it independent. And you got to be honest. Jay got to come on and be honest. Hey, yo, beloved, don't do it like me. I'm going to show you how to go around these people and do it. No, I'm going to put you on black-owned torn and promotional companies. Right? Jay taking our people to Live Nation. But what if Jay stood next to our people and say, hey, I'm going to put y'all on these black hip-hop touring agencies in the wilderness of North America. So y'all can be in tune with the black-owned nightclubs, the dance hall, the juke joints, right? Back in my mom and my uncle's generation and my pop's generation, and, you know, when Big Mama and them was moving around, they called this the Chitlin Circuit. Black entertainers made money performing in the Midwest and in the South, and they died rich. They couldn't go play these other clubs. Beloved, when I get off the, hey, when we get through having this podcast, beloved, the rest of my day is going to be spent listening to TK Soul. <laughs> Listen to King George. Marvin C's. I want to be your candy liquor. <laughs> but that's grown folk music. Y'all don't know about that. But we got to know about them, bitch, when we see it, beloved. That brother, Jay-Z, we can't use him. He's already bought and paid for. His job is to make the small hats industries rich. He, he's not here to empower us. All this talent he got at his agency, all this talent he got signed on to Rock Nation. I mean, the guy owns the 4040 Club. I wondered to myself, damn, how much money is you making these devils through the 4040 Club? Look at the products you're selling. You got a bar? There's no such thing as a black-owned bar if everything behind the counter is Hennessy, Crown Royal, and Heiser Bush products, those are families. Those are, and y'all niggas is mad because a black man wear a White Lives Matter shirt, but you go into your refrigerator and you pulling out the Budweiser in the middle of the light and you drink a Corona all the time. You can't make this shit up. You got a 4040 club. Yo, what would the 4040 club look like if Jay had Green Bench Brewing Company products in that motherfucker? If he had Weather Souls Brewing Company products in that motherfucker. Shout out to our brother, uh, Marcus Barkfield, right? Who own that. You know what I mean? These are black folks that own black-owned beer companies. If he had Crowns and Hops beer in the 4040 Club, shout out to our brother, T.O. Hunter, who own that. Beloved, don't y'all know there's a beer called the Harlem Brewing Company that our sister Celeste own, the Harlem beer? What if you can go down to the 4040 and get... These are black-owned beer companies. No, 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 no. He makes the 4040 Club. He got goddamn devils and small hat brands in that motherfucker, bro. But, you know, we are a people of, we kind of like, in our beauty, we are a monkey, see monkey, do kind of people. That's why they put the people in front of us, they put bought niggas in front of us. Because we take the bought niggas blueprint. Our people, unfortunately, we got to see it first to make sure it works first. If we seen Jay-Z at the level that he's at with his celebrity and he leveraged that celebrity and he starts standing next to black owned beer companies, black owned liquor factories 
with the representation of the 4040 and he got the artist to sprinkle around it and make it pop, that dude would be the most feared business dude on the planet. If our people at that level, the Beyonce's, or our people at the level of Rock Nation that he signed the greatest talent of our people, they start wearing black-owned business designers, black-owned purse designers, black-owned shoe designers. That's empowerment. They can't have that, so they put the bald nigga in front of me and you. And you know what they call that? Success. Success. That's the what they call the bald nigga. He's a successful nigga. You like it. And then they show you, man, they can tear this nigga down when they get ready because they control the channels of distribution. But if we worked at the factory, what can they stop? A billion dollar brother, yay. And his humbleness, he shows us how weak a deal he made. He fucked that up. The brother came out and told us, hey, man, I had some White Lives Matter shirts and I was getting them printed up by a small hat company. And he stopped that shit. Now, beloved, let's keep it real. We know Pookie them, we could have made that shirt. You don't think Pookie them could have pressed up that White Lives Matter shirt and we could have made them for our brother, yay? But now, I bet you we make the next ones. <laughs> hey, every Shamika in every inner city know how to print up these fucking shirts, bro. But see, that's the blueprint that they got from their OG. They're so used to when it comes to business going to small hat owned factories and I want y'all to make this for me and small hat owned liquors and man, Diddy don't own Ciroc? You think this motherfucker's at the factory doing the taste test and shit and making sure it's just right and he know how to, he got the uh, the book in the back with the ingredients that he can make it? He's not sharp as our brother McDowell, right? <laughs> just talking. The old heads know who I'm talking about. McDowell is a He's the one that he bit McDonald's to do his own thing. But we need more McDowell's. Fuck McDonald's. We need McDowell's. You think Diddy really do that with Ciroc, though? You think he... Nah, man, they use him for marketing and promotion. He say something wrong, they're going to get rid of him. Diddy been in business with Clive Davis for fucking 25 years, and he's on stage. He's our one of our heroes. Diddy's on stage in his fucking 50s. That shit was sick to me, bro. When was the last time you seen a small hat on fucking stage? They sign our people. They put our people on stage. They play the back, get the money. One of the top sporting agents, a devil, the top sporting agent. This nigga made like $160 million. He fucking never shot a basketball in his life. He never run. Uh, Never caught a pass, never did nothing. He just got our people at front. He getting 10% of this player, this 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, and he got 160 million. Rich Paul got $45 million last year. Just at the few athletes he got from our people. So just imagine if all of us were signed to us. We can't be stopped. But we the OGs is bought. We got to get these bought niggas out of the way. We got to get these bought niggas out of the way. Man, if we control Kevin Hart's career, our people, we control the touring, the booking, the traveling, the, that's empowerment. When you get big and they do it, it's not. So, yeah, man, we just talking, beloved. We can keep going with this one. Man, it's all about empowerment, man. You know what I'm saying? 
again, man, before I go, I want to say shout out to our black owned beer companies, beloved. You know, we don't even know they exist. We're so used to going into a black bar. Just think about this, man, because um, Mr. Muhammad said equality means being equal in all things. So I'm going to just leave you with this. It's nothing wrong if our people desire to be a club owner. Right. But when you go to the Irish pubs, they ain't got no black owned liquor brands up in there. The Irish pub, there's no way. They ain't got nothing from the black owned breweries in there. The Irish pub, there's no way. Not the mix, they ain't gonna do it. Why do we have black owned nightclubs and juke joints and they got Bud Light behind the counter? You know what I'm saying? We getting the double shot of Hennessy. Where's our black owned liquors that's behind the counter? It's not even a fucking. Check it out. This is what I mean when I say empowerment. We're going to talk about it on the local level. When you go to your nightclub and they got a jukebox there or the DJ is spinning your favorite rappers or entertainers lyrics, but all those lyrics is owned by a small hat. We all in here with European designers on, European shoes on, right? Then we go to the counter, we sit down, we tell the, the uh, bartender, hey, man, hey, sis, grab me a Budweiser, right? Grab me a Miller Lite. Grab me a Heineken. And then we pop the top off that motherfucker. We lay back in that seat at that bar. We look at the TV and we see Ye up there with a White Lives Matter shirt on and then we get mad at him. That's when you know you're a sick people. Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out, man. This Real Black Content is Fun Podcast. Big VG, man. I'll get it with you guys later. Peace. Thanks for viewing the podcast. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to the channel on all social media platforms. Real Black Consciousness Real Forum. Black Consciousness Real Black Forum. Consciousness Forum. And we out this piece.